What is up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome into the Kingdom Bar. We've been telling you all preseason long, this is the place to be. And we're here for the Chiefs picking up their first dub of the regular season. Get it done in true Chiefs fashion down in Jacksonville, beating the Jags. 17-9 to was that final score. And we got a lot to unpack after this one. It wasn't pretty, but we're going to talk about it. Of course, Ken John, Quint Swanson joining us with the boys at home. And we got Sean Barber going to be on here later. A lot to unpack in this one. So let's go ahead and get it rolling on the Kansas City Sports Network postgame show. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KCSN postgame show. That was a look at the Kingdom Bar uh, during a Chiefs 17-9 victory. It was a lot of fun being out there. Uh, make sure if you uh, are looking for a place to watch the game, come hang out with us. We had a lot of fun hanging out there. We had a lot of fun watching the Kansas City Chiefs get back on the horse, go to Jacksonville, and get a 17-9 win. A, uh, I don't know if it was a comfortable win, but it was a great win for this team. Big response after a rough game 10 days ago. I'm here with Craig Stout and Maddie Lane. Celebrating the dub, boys. Little, little Ben Holiday bourbon in me here today. Celebrating uh, a cheese victory. Maddie, feels good to uh, get in the win column, huh? Listen, it's a it's a good day as a Chiefs fan right now. The Chiefs come out, they get a victory. The rest of the uh, some contenders in the AFC taking another loss going on. So it's a it's been a pretty good uh, Sunday here to start for Chiefs fans, and uh, I'm glad it went that way because boy, for the first half of this game, it was looking dicey there for a minute, Craig. Yeah, but um, where's my uh, Spags apologist say? <laughs> um, I'm sorry, but this defense is legit mm. my goodness get into the red jaguars get into the red zone three times have zero touchdowns to show for it this defense balls out yet again this is now we eliminate the pick six from last week this is now a total of 23 points allowed by the defense through two weeks this is about as good as you can ask for a defense with a Patrick Mahomes-led offense on the other side of the ball to play right now, I'm I'm over the moon. This defense was awesome today. We can just rant and rave about that all week and not talk about anything on the other side of the ball as far as I'm concerned. Craig, like, the offenses the Chiefs played have both scored 31 points when not playing the Chiefs, wow, and they have scored true. 14 and 9 when playing the Chiefs defense right now. I'm just saying. And there were good offenses. The Jaguars and the Lions are good offenses. This is a good defense. I think we can buy into the hype now. We have seen enough through two weeks. I'm excited. I, I'm I'm here for it. Well, like, okay, let's just we can deconstruct a little bit on the on the Jaguars side of the uh, on offense too, because if I re recall, three of those points were surrendered off of of a, bo a botched punt return Big too. Game. So, like. This this defense was outstanding. Two two trips to the red zone that the that the Jaguars earned offensively shut down and turned into field goals. And then the the Chiefs defense stands firm after a big special team there after getting off the field and responds in just a massive way. And I just think what's so impressive this is a deep roster on the defensive side of the ball. I think you saw a little bit of that. You know, you, you've seen more guys get involved. They got depth at linebacker. They got some depth at safety. Their front looks really strong and and deep, and it's getting better and better with some of these young guys developing. 
Oh, and by the way, the guy that we've all been waiting for to see in a Chiefs jersey again after a holdout in week one comes in, Chris Jones goes out and reminds everybody why he is trying to get paid the money he's getting paid. No, absolutely. And I don't want to say it's like wild or anything like that, but it's interesting because what the Chiefs did, they come in and on the money downs, on your second and long, on your third and long passing downs, the Chiefs said, hmm, here's this defensive tackle coming in. Let's go ahead and line him as a defensive end over a rookie right tackle every single time. And by the end of the game, I think Anton Harrison is the right tackle, first round draft pick for the Jaguars. I don't think they just had any answer. They knew it was over before the play started. There were plays, they weren't even just chipping on that side. The running back was setting next to him, just waiting to have to help on that final fourth down play. And still, Chris Jones was kind of running through both of them to make Lawrence get, you know, a little antsy in the pocket. Like, it was a phenomenal game plan from the Chiefs. They weaponized Chris Jones every chance they got. They picked out, you know, they found Waldo along the offensive line. It was a rookie offensive tackle. And he went to town and he was beating him consistently every single time. I think that paired with the play of George Karloftis and Mike Dana, it really kind of set the Jaguars' offense on their heels and made it a little bit easier for the secondary of the Chiefs. It was challenging times to like get off the field more frequently because that pass rush was unstoppable. It really was. It got to the point where the Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, was just unloading the ball as quickly as possible. Like He, he did not want to stand in there against this pass rush. And yes, Chris Jones was a large part of that. This is a guy that hasn't played football since the Super Bowl in any way, shape, or form. Wow. has practiced this week. That man, I figured that we'd see a little bit of football, you know, rust that would be on there. Like There was no doubt that he was going to show up at shape, been working out and all of that. But football shape is different than cardio shape, strength. He looks phenomenal. He really, he was a monster off of the edge. And guess what? Mike Dana is a legitimate pass rush threat for this team. Now, he has grown under Joe Cullen. Yes, I said Joe Cullen. Drink, everybody, if you're playing the Joe Cullen drinking game. And... George Karloftis and his ability to clear hands and get to the quarterback is, it, it really is just a giant jump from year one to year two. Karloftis now has two and a half sacks on the season. I, I Listen, he he has been phenomenal as well. This Chiefs pass rush, we, we spent so much time last offseason talking about how they needed to add some to it. They didn't really, they go out and they're second in the league in sacks. They don't really add to it, again, outside of a first-round pick in Felix and Aduki Ozama and B.J. Thompson, who is inactive today. And what happens? They show up. They are still ridiculously effective as a pass rush group. And they haven't added Charles, Charles Aminahue yet, who was probably the best pass rusher that the Chiefs had in the preseason. It's coming. And it is scary to think about that Steve Spagnuolo winning on the first downs and the second downs the way that he has so far through two and getting into these third down scenarios that they've got even more help coming from the pass rush. This could be a terrorizing defense on third downs from here on out. There's, there's a lot of growth. I think on the, on, you know, still to be had there too, with that group, because like, I do think Felix and DK Uzama continues like in a limited capacity, continue to show some promise. So like, as he gets kind of going, I mean, you think about what George Karloftis did in the second half of last year really came on strong. I think you could see the same kind of thing for Felix and DK Uzama. If this front stays healthy, uh, yeah, this is this this could be a terrifying proposition for other teams. I, there's just a lot of reasons to be excited. You know, you guys were talking about 
uh, you know, just game plan adjustments. Like there was there were stretches where the Jags were just throwing screen game just to try to hold on for dear life, just to get the ball out oh. of space to try to keep Trevor Lawrence upright because the pass rush was just getting home so much. So like they just started trying to, you know, just trying to pepper, you know, the edges with the screen game. It really still didn't work all that great. How did that work? Saw, the, How did that work? The Chiefs saw it last year. The the Jag that's what the Jags did in the playoffs last year, and they didn't have a ton of success, but they had more success. This year, I think what you saw is the Chiefs linebackers in particular, Nick Bull, Drew Tranquil, Leo Chanel. Like these guys were getting out there and they were getting out there fast. Like that was not the biggest difference, but like when we're talking about the screenplay and the horizontal stretch the Jags can put on teams, those linebackers weren't letting it happen at all. There was a play. I believe it was the first drive the Jags had in the second half where it looked like ETN had the quarter. It looked like he had it with ease. And Nick Bolton came flying out of nowhere and stopped him like just on a dime. If he doesn't make that tackle, it's a big gain. And because he's outrunning everybody else, it's just everybody was playing so well. And this was not necessarily a concern, but I was intrigued to see what would happen after how good they played last week against the Lions. And then you insert Chris Jones back into it. Never thought they'd get worse, but you just wondered if it would become more about like Chris Jones is our star we're going to find a way to make him shine. And I think they did that, but they still played as a unit really, really well. I think it was like that very first pressure of the game was Dana getting a push on the left guard as an interior rusher, which pushed Trevor Lawrence over towards Chris Jones, made him respect his rush up the edge, and Karloff just cleaned up the sack. That's just a perfect team sack right there. And it was just, I wanted to make sure they kept that because I thought they had it versus Detroit. It hasn't always been something they had pre-Joe Colon in Kansas City. And now they have it again. They were pretty responsible with all the rush lanes. Like it was a, a dominant performance, I think, from the Chiefs' defense, specifically the front seven. I was, oh, so, you got something? Go. Yeah, I was so impressed. The Jaguars threw so much misdirection at the Chiefs, so much extra motion, so much extra, you know, screen plays. They even had a play where Christian Kirk tried to throw it across the field, but Leo Chanel blew up. The, the linebackers trusted their eyes. They trusted themselves to be in the right spots, to read things out correctly. This is the best that this linebacking core has looked th- uh, this year, including the preseason. There were questions about what they were reading, how they were filling. This was phenomenal. They really they really did a great job reading everything out. And for a team like the Jaguars that tries to get to the edge, tries to give you so much eye candy so that they can get stuff and get that speed in space, they weren't able to do that against this Chiefs defense at all. So a, a really impressive job. Really, you know, gap sound, scheme sound defense that they played today. I, I was just thoroughly impressed. We didn't say a word about the offense. Don't worry. We're going to have plenty to talk about later in the show. Craig, Maddie, and I will be back to break down some of the nerdier stuff, offense and defense. But let's go to Haley Lewis and our guy, Sean Barber, at the Kingdom Bar and Grill. Let's get Sean Barber. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Like you said, Kent, I'm joined by Sean Barber. Some of you might have heard of him. I don't know, you know, pretty pretty good Chiefs linebacker back in the day. And now he's going to give us his insight on what's well, the prettiest win, uh, but the Chiefs got it done. Initial reaction, Chiefs getting one over on Jacksonville. Wins are hard to come by in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And no matter what the final score is, no matter what happens in the first half, no matter how many fumbles, and we're going to talk about that, right? Yeah. Taking care of the ball, possessing the possessions. Um, At the end of the day, as long as you win the game, uh, you would always take a win and move on. Uh, One and one, uh, I think the Chiefs feel good about going to Jacksonville and putting a hell of a Jacksonville Jaguar team. So a win is a win, in the words of Barber. A win is a win. And you mentioned it, the turnovers, the penalties, a lot of costly things for the Chiefs, especially in the first half. 
it did continue a little bit over into the second half, but it was as if there was a kind of a shift in mentality that we saw in the second half where they came out. You saw Patrick Mahomes beat Patrick Mahomes, start making those connections. I'm sure you've been in a game or two where you've gone down into the locker room before and come out with this new spirit. Maybe walk us through. What, what do you think Coach Reed uh, Mahomes were saying to the guys in the locker room? Well, I've had a little experience with Coach Reed. Uh, played for him two years uh, in 02 and 06 when I was with the Eagles. Um, in, in the halftime, he is very, like, um, erase it. The, the chalkboard, like, 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 erase everything from your mind, make the adjustments, and come out in the second half with the purpose of winning the game. Mm-hmm. That, not, not focus on what happened in the first half. The first half, and almost, if you, if you pay attention to the Chiefs at all, throughout the playoffs, throughout any of the really important games, it's kind of a sparring, yeah. right? They're just throwing jabs the first quarter, second quarter. They actually want to score right before half. But when they come out in the second half, the third and fourth quarter is all business. And that's when you see the the best version of the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you're talking about playoff Kansas City Chiefs, you're talking about high quality, what you hope to see at the end of the season, um, you can pretty much just scrap the first half uh, that that's teaching film. That's, right. that's for the coaches to have something to learn from. Uh, Coach uh, Dave Tobe and the special teams, he's gonna get with Richie James and talk about the shadows and the how to follow the punt all the way to your you know to the chest, how to secure it, and and maybe sometimes even let it go. If it, if it's not something that you can feel cleanly, just let the punt go and we'll just take the ball wherever it is. Uh, but that first half with the, with them punching the ball out and the turnovers. It was very sloppy football, and I think it, it gave us a lot of things to work on um, as we prepare for the Bears. Now, that's to be expected, right? It's week two in the NFL. We saw after the Chiefs lose to the Lions week one, it almost made me as a Chiefs fan just feel a hell of a lot better watching the rest of the elite quarterbacks in the league kind of go through those same troubles, those, yes. those sloppy starts. Now, I didn't necessarily think it was going to transition into week two, but you, you kind of talked about that mentality. You just have to forget it and keep going on. So when you let those penalties build up like they do, how do you as a player mentally kind of make that shift? So I, I think in a week of practice, you always try to find something to get better at each day. Mm-hmm. And obviously a lot of the penalties, it happens when it's the alignment, assignment type, execution type things. Um, the fall starts, the holdings. That, that's when a, 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 a guy on defense – his technique beats your technique, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you're forced to hold a pull or do something once that defender gets out of your uh, your framework. Um, and then the offensive lineman will hold. Oh, I mean, again, and Kelsey is more of the frustration, not being on the field, not being available, and then getting frustrated when, when teammates fumble the ball and stuff like that. I mean, all that kind of stuff is kind of uh, par for the course, if you want to say. Uh, early in the season, uh, kind of getting that stuff out your system is something we, we – we, as a competitor, yeah, you, you kind of expect that to happen early in the season. And then once we get to the second half of the season, late in the season, uh, all that alignment assignment, all those uh, careless penalties that kind of end drives, we can we can kind of count for those things to be behind us. Mm-hmm. And we should be seeing like high-level football uh, pretty much every series once we get p- past about week eight. Okay, so we got until week eight <laughs> to, to, to stop having to, to watch these games on the edge of your seat. Yes, but, yes. You, know, you mentioned Kelsey being back in the game. He was gone week one. Another guy who was gone week one, Chris Jones, now back. You're you know, you're know a defensive-minded kind of guy. Tell me the impact that you saw Chris Jones have on the field today. Oh, uh, man, obviously immediate impact. Um, first first uh, snaps on the field, um, every, every snap in the first half just accounted for by a double team. Um, by, by him being double teamed, it allows other guys to free up. 
Uh, the guys on the back end, I think their coverage was able to tighten up a little bit because you knew pressure was going to get to the quarterback, get to uh, Lawrence a little bit faster than normal. Um, but I mean, he made an impact. He, he definitely showed up, showed out. Uh, hey, stagnation is back up and running again. <laughs> the CEO is back in the building. Um, so, man, man, Chris Jones is a special, special athlete. And I think we all know he's one of the top five defensive players in the league this year. And the one thing we do hope is that that, that motor he has, uh, man, that, that, that motor just never stops. And I think the way they set up his contract full of all these incentives, we should get the best version of Chris Jones each and every time he's on the field, every snap. And I think that leads us to be a better defense overall. Hey, we love the results we saw on the field today from the defense. Hopefully those continue into week three. Sean Barber, of course, joining us on the Kansas City Sports Network postgame show. We're going to go ahead and take a break. But when we return, Ken Swanson, the boys at home, they're going to get us more analytics, yes. breaking this thing down. And don't forget, we got our toast game coming up at the end. Cheers in to our favorite Chiefs player or play. But we'll see you after the break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. It's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to wrap your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com Chiefs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody hanging out at the KCSN postgame show. Chiefs do win 17-9. to uh, So much to unpack with this game. I mean, I... And like I, I, I want to say this off the top. I think we're gonna look back on this win. I hope some people like I know it was ugly, but like I think ten weeks from now, I think we'll appreciate this win personally. I think this is a good Jacksonville Jaguars team. I think they're gonna be in the hunt for, you know, everything we're you know we're talking about here. I think they're gonna win their uh, the South comfortably. Um, so I you know seventeen nine and holding this team to nine points was really impressive. And I know we just got done talking about the defense, but. Um, let's let's move to the offense first and talk a little bit about that because we really haven't said anything about it. Um, and we'll finish. I'm sure we'll finish with more defensive takes too. But we, uh, yeah, Chiefs. Uh, I mean, it it was it was a struggle again. I mean, it like there's no other 
there's no other way to describe it. Uh, this this team was slogging through some stuff. They're going through some stuff. They're working through some stuff to try to continue to um, improve, get better with a very young, unproven group on the offensive side of the ball with, you know, new pieces, the new tackles. Uh, I think that showed up a little bit. Um, the new receivers has obviously showed up a little bit. Travis Kelsey back into the mix, but, you know, definitely playing a little bit more labor than we've seen in the past. Um, got a touchdown still. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I look at this game, it looked like a a group still working to try to figure things out as the season goes on, Maddie. Absolutely. I think there was a, there's a huge change from the first half where it seemed like essentially nothing was working. Like they were, there was a lot of mistakes and they were kind of costing themselves with silly penalties and just mistakes they were making, but it looked very discombobulated. They didn't. They weren't getting the running the ball at all. I think they'd called two runs in the entire first half out of 26 plays, and the couple runs they did have weren't that great, and they just looked like they were struggling. Patrick Mahomes wasn't playing with confidence or anything like that, and so they go into halftime, they come out of it, and the offense in the second half wasn't stellar. It wasn't the Chiefs' offense we were used to, but you could see that they were starting to figure it out. They kind of found a little bit of a rhythm. They leaned on the running game a little bit more. The quick game came back all of a sudden, and Mahomes seemed like he was trusting some of his reads and some of his instincts a little bit more, relying on his guys to actually catch the football, not getting too caught up if guys maybe weren't in the exact right spot that he thought they'd be in or they might drop it. It, just, it seemed like the offense flowed a lot better in the second half, and I do think part of that too was getting Travis Kelsey involved. He clearly was hurt a little bit, right? He was clearly banged up. This wasn't the best Travis Kelsey you're going to get. But there was a couple plays that they went to him right away and he was open on time. There was a couple plays that started to break down. And where did Mahomes look? He looked right for Travis Kelsey, who was giving him a good window to throw. And I think that built some confidence. Mahomes kind of started to feel like, okay, I have my outlet that I need when things go awry. I no longer have to create everything myself. And that settled him down. I think that allowed everybody else to kind of thrive. Absolutely, it did. And Travis Kelsey's touchdown was exactly what this team was missing last week against the Detroit Lions. Maddie pointed it out on Twitter, but I mean, it is so evident immediately. He's flowing with the traffic. Patrick Mahomes is booting out of the pocket, avoiding some pressure. He's looking right there. Travis Kelsey sees the defense is flowing with him, checks back over his shoulder and immediately pivots, finds the gap in the defense, Patrick Mahomes trusts him to be there, throws back across his body, not a risk of anybody stepping in front of that. That's exactly what this team needs. That's what this zone-beating offense looks like. It is some of these second reaction plays, and it was just sorely missed. It was nice to see this week. Sky Moore had a pretty good week as well. I mean, looked really good on an RVO glance early and then got vertical and made a big, big catch there at the end of the game. I look at this offense and I go, this was very out of sync. And there is so much room for improvement here. I don't think that anybody here is sitting here saying, okay, this is what the Chiefs offense is going to look like all season. They're too good. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, all these weapons, even if they are young and they've got a lot of growing to do, are too good to put up 17 points. You know, they, they just are. But you look back at the stats for this game, you look at some of this stuff, that's about the quietest 305-yard game that Patrick Mahomes could have had. Like, it, <laughs> it, it it shocked me. When Kid jumped on and he said, yeah, you know, we're going to be talking about the offense a little bit. Patrick threw for 305. I did a double take. I, I just wasn't tracking that throughout the game. Yeah. It didn't seem like that with the way that the offense was moving the ball. They just need to take care of it. That's really the long and the short of it. 
him throwing an, an essentially an arm punt, you know, there early on in the game. Justin Watson putting the ball on the ground. Yeah, Richie James on that punt return. You just can't do stuff like that. You you can't. It, it, it It's a miracle that the defense played as well as they did to basically come out of this with the offense, the special teams, for, you know, dropping three turnovers on the ground for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It, they just have to be so much better. Yeah, there were some unsettled moments there early, too. Like, I definitely, and I, I, I just watching some of the decision making from Mahomes, I think it was a little bit more erratic in the first half than it was in the second half. I think he finally settled down a little bit more, too. Some of the decision, like you talked about, you know, the arm point. Um, and like, it just felt like, you know, there's, there's still developing trust and chemistry, you know, and, I think I'm, I'm trying to like I'm processing it myself as I go through it, but like chemistry with Sky Moore and Rashi Rice and some of those guys, I just you, you want to continue to see them build towards that. And maybe we're taking a little bit for granted the instant chemistry he seemed to have with Juju Smith-Schuster last year. And I, I, I and I know we are just <laughs> having a healthy Travis Kelsey and the chemistry of Juju Smith-Schuster. Like that's, I think that's become. Uh, pretty apparent to me in this early going not that there's not time i have another point about that but tucker d franklin has a point and the d stands for cut in yes it does look at that we gotta talk oh, cam Cam's back let's go cam is back i got a couple of uh, updates this is from charles goldman our friend charles goldman um he tweets chiefs injuries wide receiver Kadarius tony has a foot issue but amy reed said he played the majority of the snaps and should be fine justin watson was dehydrated and got an iv late was hot there. It was hot in Jacksonville, and uh, he he was going to come in back after his IV. Another quote that I thought was interesting uh, from Andy Reid, this is from Adam Teicher. He's, Andy Reid said he expected a lot from Chris Jones today, but, quote, maybe not to that level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was... He was all of us. Well, sorry, like the, and literally everybody. I, I don't think there's anybody that could have expected that. So, no. yes. I want to. I do. I'm not done with the offense. I'm sorry. I know you're not. Uh, that's why I try. I got more to your gesture. No, I. <laughs> all right. So, I've pointed this out a couple times. I think in the last couple of weeks, and it just it still it it rings truer to me than it did a week ago. I think about last year, and we kind of just we came in with this expectation of just patience, and we know like you know this team is in you know in a little bit of shift, and we're losing Tyreek Hill. And they're going young on defense, and we don't know what that means. If that's going to be, you know, anything, you know, we don't know what it's going to look like and all that stuff. I think, you know, obviously the defense figured things out slowly as the season went on, but the offense was so good it didn't matter. The defense is incredible; <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> but I think the growing pains that we anticipated for last year that really didn't exist because this team just kept winning and lighting up the scoreboard and, and all that stuff. Um. I think this is the year that we might just have to have that expectation of a different kind of growth arc for this team. And I think we're going to have to watch this team slog through some games offensively more than we ever anticipated. Um, And it might be uglier than we anticipated after the first two games of the season. And it is going to be, you know, a different kind of process than it's ever been for this offense in the history of Patrick Mahomes tenure. I think, you know, like I said, chemistry has to, it's not something that you can just create. I think you're going to have to start seeing that develop a little bit more and more. And I think you see like Justin Watson getting, you know, some more targets than you anticipate because there's some trust and some chemistry 
between those two, between Mahomes and between Justin Watson. I think where some of the targets were distributed showed some level of chemistry and familiarity that doesn't exist for some of these young pass catchers. So I just, I mean, not Noah Gray, <laughs> right? Like I, he got some opportunities too. He's been here for a few years. So that's just something I'm, I think I'm, I'm I think my expectations aren't changing for this team, but I think my expectations for early season hit the ground running are probably different than they were two weeks ago with my optimism for the season. I think it's difficult right now because you didn't have Travis Kelsey for one game. This game, he was clearly hampered. And then on top of that, you had a lot of negative plays that really put them behind the sticks and then made it hard to run your traditional offense from whatever that looks like. And I think that leads into your point. We don't know what this team's like, uh, how this team's offense is going to run right now. They don't really have an identity. And like, obviously, when Travis Kelsey's back, that's part of it. But you say we kind of took the instant chemistry with Juju Smith-Schuster and the healthy Travis Kelsey for granted last year. Yeah, I agree, but they kind of hit the ground running with an identity. They were going to use Juju Smith-Schuster and Travis Kelsey to absolutely eat zone up over the middle of the field and the intermediate areas out towards the boundary. And they did that a ton. And they did a lot of more play action, got a little bit away from some of the RPO stuff. Like They just had a very clear identity. And then they used MVS to get over the top of these things. Right now, with... Kelsey's health and with some of the negative plays that are happening I don't think they have that identity right now you don't they I don't think they know on like any given drive like what's going to be their bread and butter what they are going in that the opposing defense absolutely can't stop because of all the new guys because of I don't want to say a lack of chemistry but a team that's still trying to build it like you made a perfect point Watson's getting not a lot more run than he did last year but he had to look at the targets he's getting they're on kind of timing based routes the ball's having to get to him at a specific time and that's where it's going you're not getting those as much to a Rasheed Rice, to a Justin Ross, Richie James. Those guys aren't getting these really timing-based routes. They're kind of getting schemed open and then hitting later on in the play or in an open void. Sky Moore, it was nice to see him get a couple of those. It was nice to see him to catch an RPO glance because that's a difficult route to run for guys that aren't always on the same page. It was nice to see a back shoulder throw to him in the red zone. Like That shows trust. That shows two guys that are getting on the same page. So I think even more so than just being a slow build, it's about them finding an identity, especially if Kelsey isn't going to be at 100% for a while, it's getting to that point. Because I think they started last year with that. It would, maybe that was Juju hitting the ground running, or it was him being a little bit more of a proven vet, whatever it was. I think they're still mm -hmm. building towards that. And if you're going to have five, six, I think, penalties from your offensive tackles in the entire game, it gets kind of hard to start establishing what that identity is going to be. Woof. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of the wide receiver takes. It's time to pivot to the elephant in the room here. Man. These offensive tackles had a ton of penalties called them today, mm -hmm. called on them today. Creed Humphrey seemed like he was really struggling to snap the ball. Joe mm -hmm. Tooney looked like he was struggling. A week after we saw maybe Trey Smith not look very good, he yeah. might have been the Chiefs' best offensive lineman. That's a little bit, you know, scary that there's some variance there. But yeah, Jawan Taylor, it was very clear that the NFL laid all that out. And there were some of those calls that did go against him, you know, for as far as the misalignment and you know the the false starts that one of them I I don't think was a false start. It is what it is. The NFL is calling him. He's going to have to rein that in now. It's the holding penalties for Jawan Taylor that yeah. that were most scary to me. Yeah, the alignment stuff is going to be things that you know, he he's been doing his entire career. It's going to take a little while to fix that. The holding stuff is terrifying. Same with Donovan Smith. 
the Chiefs found themselves in more second and 20 plus and third <laughs> and 20 plus scenarios this game than maybe they did all of last year combined. I, I mean, I don't know that for certain, but it sure felt like it because they seemed like they were constantly living that far behind the sticks. And yes, Patrick Mahomes, when you're in those scenarios, he can make some magic sometimes. But when you say, okay, figure it out, you know, five, six times in a game, that's unreasonable. You you are shooting yourself in the foot repeatedly, reloading the gun, and then shooting yourself in the foot again. It has to be cleaned up. Yes, this was a good set of pass rushers. Jaron Walker's a good football player. Josh Allen was causing all kinds of havoc for this offensive line. Him going out all of a sudden bought Kansas City a whole bunch of time. Like There was a noticeable difference when he went out of this game. So something to keep an eye on there, but they have to be better. You know, of all the hype and everything that came, the Chiefs putting stuff out there through the media saying that this is the best set of offensive tackles that they have had in the Patrick <laughs> era. Yeah. The cow, it did not start well so far for these two offensive tackles, and they have a lot to clean up. I think we take that continuity for granted, too, and their familiarity with this offense. Like, Maddie, I know you were talking about maybe some of the differences for Donovan Smith coming to an offense, you know, with a lot of shifts and motions and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's it's really hard to build an identity when you're behind the sticks the way this team was with penalties. 12 penalties for 94 yards on the day, a lot of them coming from the offensive side of the ball. Um, I mean, the, the penalties, this, this, the disparity between penalties between Jacksonville and Kansas City was substantial but I think that put this team behind the behind the sticks so many different times in so many different situations that was really hard for them to help build an identity uh, I have a I had one other thought I want to get to but Tucker D Franklin back uh with uh with another nugget the D stands for nugget the D does indeed stand for nugget uh this is a quote from Patrick Mahomes um when you talk about the penalties he said uh, on the week two's win over the Jags from our friend Charles Goldman too many penalties, too many miscues. That stuff we can learn from. Little things in this league can make a big difference. Uh, he also talked about the defense. Obviously, the defense playing really well. He said the defense was incredible. That's a really good offense. If the defense plays like that, we're going to be really hard to beat. And I tend to agree. He's 100% true. <laughs> that is just like, yes. Like, I, I'm so, I'm, I'm beyond excited about. Uh... You're excited. Yes. <laughs> No, I, yeah. I think the offensive line is definitely something that you have to have your eyes on going forward. Like, I think the Jawan Taylor thing is going to be very uh, interesting to listen to this week because you want to sit there and they very clearly targeted him. The NFL did in terms of making a rule, not in the game. They're watching. Um, they're watching. No, like uh, I think some of the penalties they were just watching him. Period, because of oh, sure. the egregiousness no. of the offside stuff. All that. I just think he got a target on his back. And sure. part of me, yes. and here's the thing, I, I'm sorry for cutting in, Maddie, but this kind of ties to some of this. I promise you can get back to all your points. But I look at that possession where he got taken out. It just felt like Andy was like, you know what? We're already way behind the sticks. Let's give him a chance to reset here, refresh. And it's very obvious that that Jawan Taylor is a point of emphasis. Not what Jawan Taylor, just Jawan Taylor is a point of emphasis. <laughs> And so I just think like they just were like, you know what? He's like a lightning rod for penalties right now just because he was this thanks Chris Collinsworth. Um I just I just yeah, I just wonder about that. Anyways, please continue. 
No, so I was just going to say, like, I think, yeah, he's got a lot of eyes on him. I don't think the NFL's particularly targeting him, but I think because he was the lead name in this new stuff that's passing on, there's going to be a lot of eyes on him throughout the game from referees because he was the, the essential spokesperson for why this is being emphasized, right? Unfortunate for him. He had a lot of penalties. It, it was a, became a problem at this in this game, right? I don't want to like beat around the bush. Whether you think one was a ticky-tack holding penalty or you think one was a ticky-tack full start, right? The, he had a lot of penalties and it was a problem, but removing the penalties from it, which is a hard thing to do, he was great. W- once again, like on plays where there isn't, you know, this full start penalty, so like that Juwan Taylor's doing an exceptional job on an island a lot of times versus quality pass rushers. Well, and that's hey, why... I'll- I'll jump in too. Like I'll jump in too. Like even in the run game, like that third and short, like he fired off the ball and made a yep. difficult reach mm-hmm. to kind of make that that that. But he th- tipped that play because of his alignment. Because he tipped it because he aligned. Um, no, my my bigger concern, my bigger concern with the offensive tackles, I think the procedural penalties get fixed out. I think you have less eyes on Jawan Taylor as the year goes on. I don't actually have concerns over Jawan Taylor. Donovan Smith looks a lot like Donovan Smith did last year in Tampa Bay to me. That still looks like a lot of the same guy. He gets a lot of, he seems to get a fair amount of help from the Chiefs, and there's a lot of grabbing going on. I know he only got called for one holding penalty in this game, but there was a couple plays that had to get rushed, and it sent Mahomes on the move because I think Donovan Smith was having a little bit more difficulty uh, staying in front of his guy than, you know, maybe Taylor would on the opposite side. Not that he won't get better as the year gets on. He won't get used to working with Joe Tooney more and more and be good. It's just, I do think that the preseason got all of our hopes up a little higher. And I think Donovan Smith is still somewhere in between kind of what we're hoping he can be at the end of the year and how he played last year. And I think that's a concern. I mean, like that's kind of my bigger concern right now is a left tackle that when he loses, he loses kind of bad. And they seem to be losses on plays where the Chiefs are picking up chunk plays or have the opportunity to pick up chunk plays. Right. And I mean, I, I can't remember somebody in the KCSN discord said this, but basically indicated it's like, man, if, if Donovan Smith's getting beat inside, maybe let the guy go. Let let Patrick Mahomes try and work his magic there. And my comment back was, that's going to take some time. Donovan Smith has been blocking for statues for most of his career. <laughs> so trying trying to say, hey, right. let the free rusher go through and hit the quarterback. That's going to mm. be difficult for him to adjust to. There's going to be some of those growing pains that are going to happen, but yes, there, those are some concerns. They certainly were a lot of the concerns today. Last week, it was the wide receivers. I didn't feel like the offensive line played particularly bad. This week, it was the offensive line getting them kind of behind the sticks a little bit. I do want to shout out the offensive line. A couple of short yardage plays, this team lined up and ran the ball and made you know moved some bodies a little bit. It was really good to see. We've been pounding the table for Andy Reid to stop getting so cute on third and fourth and short, and he didn't this week. He lined up. He ran the ball a little bit. There was basically the equivalent of a fullback lead with with uh, with Isaiah Pacheco that they needed to have on a fourth and two, and they absolutely got it. Another play where they got Clyde Edwards to layer out in space, and he made a guy miss. Those are the sorts of things that we want to see out of this offense, not... Let's get Blake Bell on a jet motion trying to get under center and snap the ball really quick. It it just didn't make sense. So it was really nice to see them go back to a little bit more of the basics on some of these downs. And just, you know, if they fail on those sorts of things, people are going to be mad about the fact that they failed, that they didn't get the push that they needed. But at the very least, they're not sitting there, you know, losing five yards because they're trying to do something silly, you know, behind the line of scrimmage. Let's go to Tucker D. Franklin. 
to tell us a little bit about DraftKings real quick. Uh, yes, and the D does indeed stand for DraftKings as uh, football is back and it's in full swing with another epic week of games. Football obviously going on right now. And you know who's got you covered on every single game? It's DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And new customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. And nobody's missing out on the action this season as all DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Here's what you got to do to get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download that app now and use code KCSN when you sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Here we go. Ready for this disclaimer? Mm-hmm. Always am. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Good job, buddy. Back to you, Cap. You did great as always. I guess you know. So the Chiefs run game, I do want to talk about, we're talking about identity, we're talking about all kinds of stuff. The Chiefs had two designed runs in the first half. <laughs> I think is they, is they, that they, enough, Kent? Is they that finished enough? with, no, no, it's not. They finished with 15-ish, 14-ish, 15-ish, I think, when it was all said and done. Um, so 13 in the second half. The balance, the ratios adjust a little bit more appropriately, and I feel like the Chiefs kind of got things going a little bit better. Now, obviously, some game script stuff kind of crept into that a little bit late. Um, but, I mean, hey, look, one thing, I'm, I'll just say this. I'm really thrilled that the Chiefs decided to throw to ice the game this year. Um, like That's just something I'm always worried about with game management stuff. Like they were actively throwing the ball you know, on third down to try to win, the, you know, t- to try to ice the game a little bit. I thought that was great. But regardless of game script, I think, you know, seeing some some sides of life and improvement from the offensive side of the ball came with a little bit more running of the football. Yeah, I think the second half, not only did they, I don't even want to say relied on it because it still wasn't overly frequent until they were really trying to run out the game the last couple possessions. But what you saw is they did commit to it a little bit more and it was some of the types of runs. I talked a little bit earlier about like there was a lack of identity kind of on the offensive side. But to start the game, they were still running all their same traditional stuff, the RPO looks, inside or outside zone. And when they do run those, the Chiefs still just struggled to find consistency. I don't even want to say they can't hit big plays out of it. They just really struggle to turn out what is considered a successful run when they you know make those plays. And so in the second half, it felt like with the passing game, that quick game kind of struggling off the RPO looks, they just said, okay, we're going to run more power. We're going to run more counter. We're going to run the stuff that our guys actually, you know, block really, really well when we do call it. Mm-hmm. The issue is that the, the one thing you have to think if you're the Chiefs, like, I want, I want them to do more of that. Please do more of that. It clearly works. That's we've all been asking for it. The thing I do wonder, though, is if you start to use that as your main run, do teams start preparing for it more? Yeah. Like, that's the one thing I know. Are they catching teams a little bit off guard with their getting the proper run angles, getting good, you know, bad fits for a backside pulling guard? because they don't see it a ton from the Chiefs. When you only see it two times a game, how much time are you actually repping that in practice? So if the Chiefs start doing it more often, what does the run game look like? But make the teams fix that. Make doesn't defenses it, adjust to that first, please. Doesn't it feel like that's always been the case, though? 
Yes. Like, it, like that's what it always has felt like. And it's like, you know, this team wants to run wide zone and they want to throw RPOs off of it. And if they can't, they're going to have to sit, get under run, center and, and run gap. They want to run wide zone with slow running backs too. Like that's the, that's the frustrating bit of all of what it. they do do off of it. The, yeah. There's not, they're not putting the guys in the right spots. And that that's the concerning bit about all of yes. that, which is why, when you know they run one back power and Isaiah Pacheco goes for eleven yards, we all get excited because we're like, "Hey, look! It's the run scheme that works the best for that dude." And it, it's nice to see stuff like that. You did see more explosive plays coming for the Kansas City Chiefs offense when they did start running the ball. When Patrick yeah. Mahomes started using his legs a little bit more, Jacksonville then all of a sudden has to play a little bit more, you know, zone coverage because they don't want to lose sight of those guys coming out of the backfield. It just kind of, it's a symbiotic nature. We're not saying run the ball 22 times in a game because that, I I think that makes this offense worse. But running it twice in the, in the first half, man, that it just makes so life so much more difficult on yourself and doesn't run the clock. And it's just, it's just rough. I just, part of me just like, Andy Reid is a master play designer and he understands so much about what it takes to build a successful football team and I know it's a big game against the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off a loss but like I feel like it they're continually in a learning process too early in the season where they're trying to understand some things and they're willing to find out (laughs) in some situations where I think a lot of us would rather just unload the clip and try to you know go in a football game but I just that part of me wonders that a little bit it's just like you know when it comes to you know, some some season long management of your play calling. You know, I I don't think they know. Any read is any read knows what works best in the run game. Like I think it's 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 been the case for the entirety. Like when when they've run more gap stuff, good things have happened. So like they know, like they know, but it's just what they feel like they have the potential. Um, real quick, it, before we move on, and before we we're gonna get to toast game here pretty quick. I do want to just ask you guys some questions. Anything on the defensive side of the ball that you feel that we need to address before we move on? Go ahead, Craig. I know you're waiting for sure. it. Craig, like, Craig, Craig, no, I, I stepped forward in my seat. I, I he was coming through the computer screen at you guys. He really was. He was mugging um, the screen. The Chiefs had one nose tackle on the roster today. Mm-hmm. Derek Naughty. Derek Naughty had a great game. Like, he really did. He made yeah. Bitten Barch he a, like he a, hell. He had a pass deflection. He did for the second game in a row. Like, no arms. Yes. This man is this man is making a difference in the pass game as well as the run game. I felt like he had a terrific game. And Matt Dickerson, shout out to that man after a rough week last week. Coming in here, a guy that everybody was looking at the inactives and going, Keandre Coburn and... Neil Farrell are inactive. Matt Dickerson is active after the game he had last week. Had a good game as well. Really did a good job. I think the only time that you saw this defense not look great is when the Jaguars went hurry up with Matt Dickerson and Derek Naughty on the field together. And that was just one of those that they were trying to cycle some guys. Defense had been on the field a ton. Jaguars caught him out and went hurry up to try and keep those guys on the field. They kept completed passes so the Chiefs couldn't make substitutions. But that was one of the only times with those two guys, but by and large, they both played pretty well for what our expectations are, both of them. 
No, I mean, absolutely. And we spent a lot of time talking about, I think, the defensive front. And definitely those those two guys and everybody else up there deserves a shout-out uh, on the back end. I mean, they played great, too. Legereus Steen essentially shadowed Calvin Ridley all over the field. And I think in the first half, it looked like the Chiefs were playing with a little bit of fire. You know, he had the great pass breakup on the slant, but he drew two penalties, gave up a couple catches and that, and it looked like an area that the Jaguars were able to target. In the second half, Sneed and the Chiefs defense kind of shut that down. They didn't have any more catches in the game. He didn't, Sneed didn't pull off any more penalties throughout the game directly uh, on him there. So like, I thought that was noteworthy. Trent McDuffie continues to be a stud. Like mm. Trent McDuffie's absolutely God. phenomenal. And I, I wish in some ways that he would have gotten some shots at Calvin Ridley, but also I can't complain about Calvin Ridley having like 12 targets and only two catches. Like Trent McDuffie's so good right now. And so this team has two stars in the secondary right now. Then you have the safeties who are, you know, making big plays when they need to. They're coming up big when they need it. Like it's that hit by Justin Watson or Jalen Watson. Can't forget that was a textbook on third and two. Huge hit. Yeah. Holy yeah. cow. Per didn't give up an inch, which probably stops the Jags from trying to go for it on fourth down. It's like at the secondary played exceptionally well too. They weren't blowing coverages. The stuff they were doing, picking up some of the double motion stuff mm-hmm. that the Jags were sending at them was phenomenal. Like entire defense, like hat tip, you know, th- there's my toast games, the entire defense. A spoiler. <laughs> well, you're going to have to save that one, buddy. Uh, but yeah, no, I just, it was such a phenomenal performance. And situational defense, I think, was outstanding for this team just across the board. Really good on third down, really good in the red zone. And even when their backs were put up against the wall, you know, coming off of, hey, getting off the field, having to come right back off, sudden change, and go out and execute again. I'm really, I'm starting to feel good about the, like, this is the deepest defense I think the Chiefs have had in the Steve Spagnuolo era. I think there's a lot of bodies that they're able to throw. They're going to be able to keep themselves fresh. And then just getting Chris Jones back into the mix is just huge. It's huge. So like, just a lot of reasons to be optimistic about this defense. I can't wait for this Bears game next week because I think uh, Justin Fields is going to get put in a blender. I think this is like, I know the Chiefs just got a win. I, did, yeah, I know. I think the Chiefs just got a win, right? But like, this, is, this, this feels like it's going to be a get right game where the averages are going to start going up or down depending on which ones you prefer. Chris Jones might hit all of his incentives next week. <laughs> Justin Fields stinks. Yeah. Was that live? Sacked. Okay, yeah. Was sacked six times, six times Yikes. against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, uh, you yeah, know, that, keep that on your. Uh, keep yeah, this we said that the Jags. The we said that the Jags were like a good target for Chris Jones to come back because of their offensive line. Jags offensive line, even if injured, clears the Bears by a good bit. And Trevor Lawrence, who was sacked four times, is a lot more difficult to get on the ground than uh, Justin Fields is. So this is going to be interesting next week, I think. I get to be there. It's the first time I've seen Patrick Mahomes play in my life. I'm kind of excited. Can't wait. Anyways, uh, let's uh, let's go to toast game. I think it's toast game time, gentlemen. So we're going to go to Haley Lewis. She's out there at Kingdom Bar and Grill. She's also out there with our guy, Sean Barber. Uh, so we're going to give them all a chance. Haley, you have the first shot. Toast game, what you got? You guys are muted. Yeah, we can't hear you, hey. 
Well, Phil, come on, kid. Phil in. One, two, one, two. We're good now. Yeah, we're good now. Yeah. Okay, okay, we're good now. We're good now. Anyways, before we get to Toast Game, I just want to say real quick, this is the Kingdom Bar. This is where you want to be all season long, watching all of the Chiefs games. Also, Sean, you got to tell us about what's going on this year. You're joining Kansas City Sports Network with podcasts of your own. What's that going to look like? Man, uploaded every Thursday. I'm going to go one-on-one with one of my former teammates. It's called The Process, featuring Sean Barber. Former NFL linebacker of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, that's and you. We've had uh, Dante Hall. We've had um, um, Kevin Lockett, uh, Billy Baber, and upcoming we got Christian Okoye, Chase Kaufman. Um, uh, who else coming? Jason Dunn. Yeah, Jason Dunn. Man, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna just con- continue to lay y'all with some in- inspect and some prospect, some perspective behind the scenes of what goes into all of these decisions that made each week. To make the Chiefs who they are and what they are and make this dynasty is what it is. I love it. I love it. I know you can't hear the guys in in, in your ear right now, but they're all going, ooh, <laughs> so we're excited for it. Of course, you guys gotta tune into that. But now let's get on to our toast. I will have to raise a toast. Um, I heard I heard Maddie talking about it earlier. This is to the secondary. I gotta go on yes. for Trent McDuffie, uh, Legarius Sneed. I'm also seeing huge plays by Jalen Watson. Happy birthday, my man. Y'all showed up. The young secondary talent, it's going to continue to shine. So it cheers to the young secondary. Let's like clink those glasses. I like that. All right, you take it away, Sean. Who is your uh, cheers to? Hey, my cheers goes to one and only, man. Hey, the, the, the defense uh, defense wins championships. And a championship effort I saw today was the Greek freak. Man, my, my man George Kalopis did what he did. Uh, one and a half sacks today. Hey, he went on the road and took care of business. And that's what we do on the defense side of the ball, keeping the other team out of the end zone. We held him to field, field goals. Our, our defense uh, uh, stiffened up when we got into the red zone and did what they had to do to get off the field and hold them to field goal attempts. So, hey, here it goes. The cheers. Good old Georgie. My guy. man, George. Love the it. Greek freak, Karloftis. All right. Boys at home and kit, uh, who are you cheers to today? Maddie Lane in North Carolina. What you got? Oh, man. Um, okay. I, I, my secondary was taken by Haley there, um, so I got to <laughs> scramble here. Um, no, Okay. We're giving a cheers out uh, to the three three five defense. Whoa! Hey! In the first half, and the Jaguars had absolutely no answer for it on second and long. Shout out Steve Spagnuolo. This is one of my favorite defenses in college right now, and he is bringing it to the NFL, and it was working fantastic. Cheers to the three three five. Nags in his bag, man. All right, Craig, what you got? Mine is just Steve Spagnola. We're we're keeping it all on the defense right here. Steve, don't Spagnuolo. ruin this kit. Zero touchdowns allowed on every red zone trip. Three points allowed on three turnovers. One point six yards per play allowed on third downs. That's it. Exactly how you win football games, right there. Those are the key ones. When there are turnovers, you stop the scoring. When they're in the red zone, you stop the scoring and you get off the field on third down. Steve Spagnolo is coaching a hell of a start of the season. This defense looks great. Cheers. All right, so Steve Spagnolo. Ah, Coach Spanics. So should I go? Hard lives there. Should I go? Don't really go offensive side of the ball. Don't ruin this. All right, so my backup was Sky Moore. I think a great bounce back for him. Yeah. Good job on a no, back shoulder yeah. throw. We don't see a back shoulder throw very much from Patrick Mahomes, and now Sky Moore's getting him. But not so fast, my friend. 
Let's go, Leo Chanel. I'm glad nobody picked him up. I think he's continued to put great tape out two weeks in a row. I thought he was outstanding again today. It seems like his role might be increasing a little bit more and more as we go on. I want to see the snap cats on that. But it did feel like they were starting to use him a little bit differently as the season goes on. And he's earned it. I think he's been the best linebacker on this team for two weeks. Shout out Leo Chanel. Outstanding performance from him. Cheers to Leo Chanel. Nice job. That's my guy, man. I, I'm Hey, look, shout out Brett Veach real quick, too, because, hey, look, we love what they did last year in that draft, and Leo Chanel kind of had the more quiet uh, you know, season in his rookie year. But look what he's done so far. It's just, hey, there's there's more dividends to be paid from the 2022 draft class. We're going to have plenty. Uh, Tucker, do you have someone you want to you cheers? Uh, yeah, I got somebody I want to okay. cheers. All right. Uh, I would like to cheers to uh, the – Los Angeles Chargers and the Cincinnati Bengals for dropping games again this week. Cheers to those guys. Joe Burrow in midseason form. Oh, uh, two, baby. Love to see, love to see those guys struggle right on the downfall. Cheers. And good health. It's a good health. And also good health. Good health. They had good health. Yeah, that was great. It was a lot of fun. Hey, look, Chiefs win. They're one and one. Back on track. A great eight-point win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Defensive domination. Great to see. We can't wait to see how they build off of that as they continue their pursuit of defending the Super Bowl. That is going to do it for the KC Laboratory. Thank you. Our, our, that is going to do it for the KCSN postgame show. <laughs> and the lab. Autopilot and the lab guys. And the lab guys. But yeah, you know, it's, just, it's instinct, right? It's instinct. But thank you guys all so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate you. And we will see you next week.